I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. What You Need to Know is brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times, less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. Lada, what do you got? All right, we're known for a few things on this show, food and music being Two heavy ones. And I just wanted to let you guys know that the latest versus showdown that we're going to see, it's going to be Hip Hop Pioneers, KRS-One, and Big Daddy Kane in a battle in Barclays Center in Brooklyn, New York. I was kind of worried about it because I'm like, mm, we've seen some guys go head to head and then we don't really get a show. But I'm actually really hyped for this one. But I think KRS-One is going to kill it. KRS-One is like one of the greatest like rappers of all time like Mm -hmm. especially like you know i mean the the type of ferocity he could come at you with uh, you know and the the type of lyricist he is is just insane to me cap what do you think about this versus you know i'm gonna be watching ted lasso i'm trying to catch up on ted lasso so i don't i don't know that the versus is gonna happen for me but I may catch up to it at some other point. How I about d- you, Linz? But you have to know Big Daddy Kane. Of course I know who these guys are. Okay, I'm like, I didn't want to do you like that, Cav. But like, right. I, I heard Lindsay jump in. I was like, okay, she did you like that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, I mean, those really, guys no, Those yeah. guys are old schoolers, you know? So I know who they are. I know their names. But if you said to me, sing one of their songs right now, I'd say I couldn't come up with one. Now, if you played a bunch of them, I'd be like, oh, yeah, yeah, I know that song, and I know that song. But, you know, this whole versus thing, I haven't gotten into it, you know, and I know I'm not alone. Like, so tell me this. Actually, you are kind of alone. I feel like it's a huge deal. Everyone it watches it. People, no, we used no, to no. watch them during the show. <laughs> it's true. But Lindsay, what I'm saying to you is there's people out there listening right now that are just like me. They're going, you know, I've heard of it, but I don't really watch it. I'm not really following it. And there's a lot of other people that are listening going, yeah, of course, dude, I'm totally in on it. So not to exclude the people like me that aren't. Where do you guys watch this versus thing? Is it all happening on social media or is it actually yeah. on a TV channel? Well, it's on Instagram Live on the versus account, but the bigger ones, they, they show them on a Triller yeah. and Fight. I think it's Fight TV, right? Yeah. 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 But I watch them on Instagram Live. But you can yeah. watch them on Instagram. Yeah. Well, listen, um, I'll say it like this. You guys always laugh at me because I still use Facebook. And yet we have a ton of listeners that contact me. Right. On okay. I, I get that. I'm not debating that there aren't people that are still on Facebook. Of course, there's more people on Facebook than any other social media by right. a long shot. So there's uh, so there's people but, out there that are listening. They're like, yeah, I've heard you guys talk about versus, but yeah, I'm not into it. I don't watch it. So it, tell me more. It, it, but we're not telling you not to tell them more. But we're you're t- you're the one telling him not to not to say more because you're the one saying like, eh, I'm not into it. Is no, it I actually show? tell me more as in like where I should be watching it. You guys are telling me who's competing. I like that. We're telling you. Instagram yeah. is the easiest okay. place. You've got an Instagram. And when and when should I be watching this, Laura? When sh- when should I be watching? When does when does this battle go down? <laughs> I don't have that info yet. Oh, I mean, we can find that. But I can find that. out. By the way, did you guys know Karis One is a vegan activist? I had no idea. Of course, I knew that. You didn't know that. Come on, George. Really? <laughs> Come on. Everybody knows that. Oh yeah. Then what what song did he express such beliefs in? It was a actually. This is really interesting. There was that one song that he did called "Yo Yo Yo." I'm a vegan yo, 
And that song shot to the top of the charts, and everybody really loved it and found out that he was a vegan. It was really interesting. You sound way too much like my dad when you say that. That's my dad's explanation for a rap song. Like, hey, Dad, you yeah, ever heard that? That was a dad joke. I he like goes, it. Yeah. Yo, 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 in the house. Like, that's what my dad thinks all rap is. So, yeah. so thank you yes. for. Uh, the song was actually called Beef, uh, ironically. So Beef? No, beef, as oh. in the regular word, beef. <laughs> yes, not beef, like, like vegan beef. Well, you said he was such an amazing lyricist that I thought yeah. that's super clever. Beef instead of beef. <laughs> no. Because I'm a vegan, yo. Corny as hell, but funny, <laughs> but corny as hell. All right, that is what you need to know. Brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times. Less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. Who are you? Who are you? Oh, my God. Ay, Dios mio. Uh, so, anyway. Yeah. Uh, oh, you were gonna we we're gonna do the Dodgers here, but give yeah. me your one last super duper take on the Chargers that you were gonna that we made you tease till this. Well, break. there was something that you had said right before the break. I'm trying to remember exactly what it was, um, and you said pay it off on the other side. And of course, I didn't write it down, and I've forgotten what it was. But it was something oh, very come very on. specific. No, it was really specific. But then I started thinking about you know KRS and uh, KR one and. And you know other things. So yeah, veganism. So look, I, we were. I was just saying that you know, no one is saying. Oh, I said no yes, one is saying right. that that Justin Herbert is better than Patrick. Okay, Williams. like okay. who was Hold saying on. that? You said okay. you had an example. I'm going to give you an example. Last Sunday, mm-hmm. on the Fox NFL pregame show, mm-hmm. and I don't watch it, but I know it was posted all over social media. That's where I saw it. Mm-hmm. Jimmy Johnson said on TV. If you ask me to redraft the entire NFL right now, I'll take Justin Herbert as the number one overall player. And the other panelists were like, wait a second, wait a second, Jimmy, you mean over Patrick Mahomes? And he's like, that's right. I'll take Justin Herbert over Patrick Mahomes right now. And I'm just telling you that a week ago, and this is what happens in the NFL, that's why it's called Overreaction Monday. Everybody's like, Justin Herbert's going to be an MVP finalist. Justin Herbert may be the best player in the NFL. The Chargers are going to the Super Bowl. They're for real. And me, I know the organization very well. I've seen this movie before where you hype them and you tell everybody about how great they are in their roster. And then one by one, guys start getting hurt like Mike Williams, you know, like this tight end. They just start getting hurt one by one. And then all of a sudden, the best team in the league and all the talent it just fades off into oblivion. I'm just waiting for that to happen. Right, but that's bad luck. That's not because. But is it bad luck about... if it happens every single year? I mean, yeah. I mean, well, maybe they should look at their training staff, perhaps. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's not like no, and no one is. I mean, you're not debating that those guys aren't talented, right? No, they're very talented. There you go. Very talented, that, but they're not going to win the Super then. Bowl. Yeah, well, that is crappy. But when it happens every year, you know, it's it's not really luck. It's it's kind of. I like mean, it, the same well, thing. no, it could still be bad luck if it just happens every year. Or you have guys who are brittle, or guys who are injury prone, or whatever. But uh, some of those have, things you have don't put to enough be... money into your training staff, or you don't put maybe enough okay, money but into that your again equipment I, that, and I, so I'm on. with you on that, bro. Derrick Henry is the fastest large human being I've ever seen in my life. He is just yeah, that guy piece. runs like a legit like four four something ridiculous like that, and he's like two hundred and sixty five pounds. Dude, he is such a monster. You know. I had when we were, I was at the Super Bowl. This is two years ago in Miami, and he's walking around on Radio Row. And I'm like, all right, you know what? I got to go stand right next to him. This is pre-COVID when you get next to people. And I'm like, I just got to stand next to him because I got to just see how big he really is. When yeah. you stand next to him, you're like, oh my god, this guy's a running back. He is so big and ripped and muscular and just he's like a defensive end built like that. Beast. Like, yeah, he's crazy. And he just had like a 76 yard touchdown run. That's why I I brought him up. But anyway. Uh, all right, on the Dodgers. 
Yeah. So everyone's focused on, oh, Dave Roberts, ah, ah, Julio Diaz, ah, bah, bah, pitching, bullpen, blah, blah, blah. Here, here's, here's what people really need to be focused on. I'm not saying that that isn't something. I'm, I'm just saying it's not everything. And the bigger piece of the pie, if we were doing a blame pie, shout out to the Kamenetsky brothers, um, it would be that they are two for 18 with runners in scoring position. That, to me, is a way bigger indicator of why they haven't beaten the Atlanta Braves in two games than one move by Dave Roberts, which the previous 41 times they they had a lead in the eighth inning of two runs or more, they won. Uh, that, to me, is less indicative than the fact that they can't hit the ball with runners in scoring position. Well, look, um, when you look at the stats and you see that they had 10 runners in scoring position in yesterday's game, and they also had 10 men left on base. So scoring position being on second or third, but See. left on base, meaning at least on first. So mm -hmm. listen, th this is a big problem. You can just look at last night at the stat line. The Braves had 10 hits. The Dodgers had four hits. Dodgers were fortunate enough to score four runs on four hits, but the Braves eventually scored five runs on 10 hits. You, listen, it goes back to exactly what we were talking about against San Francisco. When the series was tied at two apiece, you looked at the two losses that the Dodgers had, and they were shut out in both of those games. It takes hitting. It takes aggressive base running. It takes, at times, small ball to move, move guys around the bases. It's about manufacturing runs. You know, Corey Seager hit a big home run, but then it's, it's you gotta, you got to have other guys manufacture runs. Listen, George, I mentioned this to you earlier in great detail, oh, by the way. In the seventh inning, they had the bases loaded. They got a two-run double and obviously two runs scored. But the fact of the matter is, if they were aggressively running the bases, Justin Turner likely would have been able to score. And they would have gone up 5-2 to two at that point, and the whole game could have been different. They were not and have not been nearly as aggressive running the bases as the Braves have. And in my opinion, sure. that's one of the major reasons why the Braves won this game last night. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think it, it, it helps to be, you have to play aggressive if you're the Braves when you know you're not the better team, right? Like going into this, you, you are inherently more risk, uh, you're, you're inherently going to be more of a risk taker because you know that the playing field isn't level. So because of that, you have to try to tilt it in your favor. And that means sometimes taking risks. Whereas if you're the Dodgers, you, you, you just assume we have a method to our madness. Um, it works. Uh, and we're going to play it through. Now, granted, in the postseason, that method is adjusted a little bit. There are uh, less guys they trust, but they also are in a weird bind where they are, I don't know, Clayton Kershaw's not around, right, to eat innings. Uh, you know, Max Scherzer. By the way, you want to talk about another thing that's super concerning? The two for 18 and runners in scoring position, the fact that Max Scherzer just told the world yesterday his arm is dead is pretty damn concerning too. Yeah, I would say so. Um, and he's got a few days to get his arm back together again. But listen, are we surprised? I mean, it's it's been a 162-game season. Along the way, he gets traded from Washington to L.A. He becomes the number one starter, which is not just physically taxing, but I would say emotionally taxing, to the point where it gets to game five against San Francisco. And who do they count on? They count on Scherzer in a role that he had never really played before. So, you know, all the warming up, all the getting himself prepared, the going out and actually throwing the ball and giving it everything he's got. In a but he'd tough be doing that in a bullpen situation. anyway. 
he'd be doing that in a bullpen. It, his arm is dead because he's old. <laughs> like that, yeah, but you, that, you know, you say that, that he'd be doing it in a bullpen. He would. I, That's exactly why they do it the way they do it. We just under, went over this an hour ago. Yeah, but George, can I ask you a question? Are you an executive in Major League Baseball? Did I miss something? Are you working No, but I talked to a bunch of them, okay, Scott. So, and, I, and by the way, I, and George, listen, I, I, I'm telling you, I know how this works. Okay, like, so why George, are you? Hold on, on. But, but no, but throwing no, no, a bullpen, no, no, wait, wait, do you think throwing a bullpen is the same as throwing in a game? The way that they simulate on a throw day, that's exactly what they're trying to simulate, Scott. Yes. Simulate. The word simulate means I'm trying yes. to make it as game-centric as I can. But Correct. is it? I mean, do you, do you, do you, let me ask you a question. It's the closest you think, thing. The, listen, you're, you're focusing on the wrong thing. You're focusing, you're focusing on the difference between simulation and real. What I'm telling you is they look at it as the number of times that arm goes up and that arm goes down. That's the way they look at it. That's what I'm trying to tell you. You're arguing two different things. Listen, all I'm saying to you is this, is that the reason he tells the world that his arm is tired is because it stands to reason that his arm is tired. Because, because of the one inning that he threw as a closer? Correct. You, and uh, Scott, then, that is ridiculous. Do well, you realize Boy, how many innings he's thrown tired. this season? He's saying his arm is tired. I understand, but he's not saying his arm is tired because of the one inning I'm saying that, that he his threw. arm is tired because of what has happened over the course of 162 games. It stands to reason Correct. that your arm gets tired. Right. But he, he, what he would tell you is his arm's been tired before and it's recovered. So they're, they're hoping to extend the series so then he can give them what he's got. 100%. That's, that's not what we're talking about. I'm just saying that it stands to reason that the man's arm is tired. He's 37 years That's old. That's a big problem. Of course right it's a big now. problem. It's, it's, it's not only a big problem for Scherzer. The problem is you've got Scherzer, Bueller, and Odias. That's yeah. all you have left is starting pitching. You get to this point in the season, and that's all you've got. And the fact is, is that they took one of their starters, in this case, Urias, and they pulled him out of the bullpen, which is something right, now that let, I've let's, disagreed let's, upon let's all day. Let's be real. Let, ready to put your real cap back on? All right, I'm, go ahead. All right, is it on? It's on backwards. Go ahead. Okay, Tony Romo. Now listen. <laughs> Why'd yeah. you get so snappy with me again? Ask you, are you some sort of GM? Are you? Because, yeah, because I talked to a speaking, bunch of GMs. We've had this damn conversation. Everything you're saying you're, is 100% fact. Right. It, it's not. So what? what it, it is. I'm telling you the way these GMs think, Scott, because I've had these conversations. Like, do you think I'm making this up? No, I don't think you're making it up. But I'm, I'm also here to tell you that these same conversations that you have, Okay, and I've had plenty of these conversations with what I would call the analytics type of GMs as well. It stands to reason that a guy who's 37 year old, 37 years old, has a tired arm when all of a sudden he goes from starting pitching to now in a tough pressure situation in the ninth inning in game five of a division series. And he's got to do something that he doesn't normally do. And you so, say, wait, and what wait. you say is, is that that's because there's no difference between what he did in the ninth inning against San Francisco and a simulated bullpen session. There's no difference at all. Because the way they look at it, again, I will say this for the fourth time, the way they look at it is it's about how many times the godforsaking ball gets thrown by him, whether it's in a game or in a simulation. That's the way they look at it. That That's the way they look at how to keep his arm fresh or potentially waste his arm. That's the way they look at it. Every single movement by these guys is counted. Everyone, including the bullpen ones. It's why they don't throw bullpens in the playoffs to save 
at whatever bullets they may have for the actual live game. Because yes, you're right, it does matter. But they're talk they're talking about the bullets. That's what we're talking about. Every throw, every como dicen español, lanzamiento, okay, is a bullet. He's saving his bullets for the actual game because yes, it does matter more. He's a human being. Okay, they can count every pitch, they can count every bullet, they can do bullpen sessions, they can decide instead of a bullpen session, we'll actually put him in a game. He's a human being. Okay, he's not a robot. And when you go into a game, what you give and the effort that you give and, and everything else that goes no into it. No one's disputing that. Is different than a, a that, simulation. But that's not what I'm disputing. What I'm disputing is you you making this assertion that he's his arm is dead because of this one game that he pitched. I'm I'm asserting to you that his arm is tired, not dead, tired, because it's a hundred and sixty two game season. He started in Washington, the pressure of being traded and then finding a new home and all the emotional stuff that goes, and then the way he pitched when he was with the Dodgers, and then ultimately not only was he starting, but he found himself in the bottom of the ninth inning or was at the top of the ninth inning. Either way, the point is, is that, yeah, it's wear and tear. He's human. He's right. not a robot. Okay. I'm not okay. saying it's simply because of the, of the game against San Francisco, but I'm saying that that's a contributing factor. You don't think that is? No, I don't think one inning is going to make a difference. Do you know that is 100% fact? Uh, I mean, that's the way they feel, clearly, because they put him out there. Okay. Well, I'm just here I to mean, tell that, you. That, that is I, there an argument against that? They put him out there. Did they not? He they went did. out there. Did he not? Then there you go. There's your answer, Scott. I don't need to, I don't need to ask them directly because their actions tell me. Well, you don't need to ask them directly anyway because you've already talked to everybody and everybody's already given you the answers. No, I am telling you I know the line of thinking because I've had these conversations over and over and over and over and over again over 15, 20 years. I have to tell you this time, George. Again, I'm just here to tell you that that you're in a being, bad mood because there's no, poop all over your floor. No poop. There is no poop. Let's be clear. There was poop in the toilet, and the water was shut off, and I was not able to flush the toilet, and the poop sat in the toilet. That is true. That is 100% fact. But there is not poop everywhere. Just to be clear. All right. You know what? I'm going to go throw poop at you while Karen tells us about the traffic. How about that? This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza better because it has to be i love jean-claude van damme hold on crank this one up laura I, they're gonna sing the kumite part yo you are not a person who likes martial arts movies if you didn't watch Bloodsport when that movie came out in the late 80s i'm Dude, sorry that movie was great and was that the one where jean-claude van damme has the two chairs and he's doing the splits in between the two of them is that that movie uh, I believe so. There was Bloodsport and Kickboxer, which were very similar uh, in their storyline, just you know, a, a little bit different. But um, yeah, it's either one of those two. Yes. Was Bloodsport the one? Was he in like Japan or someplace? And it's like this really crowded spot, and they're just fighting in the middle of yeah. A it's whole like bunch an underground. People. Yeah. Uh, it's called the Kumite. Yes. The yeah. fighting. It, it's yeah. a fighting tournament. Yes. It's like an underground tournament, which is a real thing that is based on a real story. Bloodsport. Did you know that? 
I don't think I did, but it yeah. doesn't really shock me. I mean, my goodness, let's face it. We've, we've come up with guys who've become either boxing stars or MMA stars with backyard brawls, you know, things that show up on YouTube, like two guys sitting there, like a dog fighting event, you know what I mean? And like two human beings in a backyard beating each other up for sport, not because they got into a fight, because yeah. this is backyard sport. Yeah, so Frank Dukes, the character he played, was like a real person. Now, granted, um, the film is based on the unverified claims of Frank Dukes, of how it all went down. Now, there's some people that will dispute some of the way that it went down. Uh, nonetheless, Jean-Claude Van Damme was put on the scene after that movie. Like, that movie, at that time, in 1988, grossed $50 million, like a budget of like a million and a half or something ridiculous like that. And then he went on to make a bunch of other martial arts movies after that. So him and, like, Seagal, different kinds of martial arts movie totally became like these like action heroes and like stars and one thing is Seagal to do he's American but Jean-Claude Van Damme uh not American so that that kind of made it even more different right because we just didn't have outside of Arnold there wasn't a lot of uh you know there wasn't a lot of uh non-American action guys doing big time movies so I feel like uh Jean-Claude Van Damme and you just mentioned um Steven Seagal I felt like those guys showed up at the right time because we were just sort of getting through, like, Chuck Norris, you and, know? And Sylvester Stallone was still kind of a thing. But, but but we were kind of, we were getting close to the end of Stallone's peak, is what I would say. Yeah, but I'm saying, like, in terms of martial artists, when you think oh, of yeah, yeah. pre-Chuck Norris, yeah. like, who, who's Bruce the first? Lee. Of course. So you go from Bruce Lee to Chuck Norris, and then those guys are kind of phasing out, right? Right. And Bruce Lee's well, gone Bruce Lee by this had time. Died, but yeah, Chuck right. Norris was phasing out. The only yeah. thing Chuck Norris had at the time, I believe Walker, Texas Ranger may have already been on TV by then, but not the same kind of martial arts show. Yeah. You ever see that, that piece of exercise equipment that he used to advertise with Christy Brinkley? Anybody yeah, remember the, that? Yeah, uh, the Bowflex, right, or yeah. something like that? Was it the, was it the Bowflex? Is that what it was called? I'm pretty sure. I don't know. Like I have one friend that still has it in his garage, and every time I see it, I'm like, oh, that's the Chuck Norris, Christy Brinkley exercise equipment. And I yeah. try and use it, and I'm like, this thing sucks, man. Like, like, why did they even put their name on this, or why did they do commercials for it? This piece of equipment sucks. Yeah, I thought it was both. Maybe it was called Total Gym. I don't know. Anybody Total Gym. know? That's what it says here, Total mm. Gym. Yeah. yeah, I looked it up. That's what it says. Yeah, Total Gym. Um, yeah, he had that. Uh, but, yeah, Chuck Norris, I mean, you know, he was a superstar, too. He was but a John Claude. Love me some Jean-Claude, man. Jean-Claude was awesome. Those movies, Bloodsport and Kickboxer, incredible. Just incredible movies. The rest of them, eh. You want to actually see a really cool Jean-Claude Van Damme movie? Tell me. He does like a, like a, like a, I don't know if it's a mockumentary. I think it's like mockumentary style called JCVD, where basically he's him. He plays himself. He's like this washed up action star. And he gets caught up in a bank heist. <laughs> and it's it's pretty hilarious, actually. Like, I've seen it. It's actually really funny. All right, it was hold made on. Like I have a question for you. Ago. So were you inspired as a young, up-and-coming martial artist by these movies that you were seeing as a young kid? Yeah, they were cool to watch. Sure. Is that why you were taking karate? No, I had started karate very much earlier than that. Yes. Mm. See the way I didn't anglicize that? You didn't. You actually said it per- properly. <laughs> You're such an idiot. <laughs> oh, anyway, um, real right, where quick. Where were we going, baseball GM? Where were we going next? 
I mean, for the love of God, just because baseball's not played uh, like it used to be played in your, you know, playground, uh, you know, when you were a kid, it's not like that anymore. That's all I'm saying. And you, you, you demean this way of playing. Like it's like hasn't existed for twenty. It's not years. that I demean it. It's just that you, you know, demean when, it. You're a demeanor. You, when, well, I don't know, man. I just, I just feel like this. You know, when I came up. The one guy that really taught me a lot about baseball was a guy named Kevin Towers. Yeah. And Kevin Towers was a general manager for the Padres for many years. And the thing about Kevin Towers was, and by the way, Dave Roberts played for him and, and Bruce Bochy managed for him. And, yeah. and the thing that he always did was he found ways to put teams together because he didn't have any money to spend. You know, so everything was about gut, what he saw. It wasn't about the analytics. It wasn't about the numbers. So I still think that even though baseball has changed to become more of a younger executives kind of game, and it's definitely more about the numbers than it is about the manager's gut, I just think that at some point you as a manager have to have enough freedom to go with your gut and then deal with the consequences, good or bad. But I feel like the Dodgers, yeah. as an example, like many other teams that are analytics-driven, which is now turning into most teams in baseball, the manager doesn't necessarily have that. I thought last night when Odias came into the game, I thought, this is a mistake. Why are they yeah. doing this? Yeah. And it turned out to be that. That's all. Yeah. yeah. We disagree on that. Yeah. Yeah, we clearly do. And, you know, there's a reason Kevin Towers hasn't worked in seven years. So. Well, it's that and he's dead. It's, it's, it's also that he's dead. There's, I'm just there's joking, this, of Yeah, course. the cancer <laughs> thing was part of it as well. <laughs> God, God rest his soul. It's, yeah. It was more about his death than it yeah. was about, about yeah. his gut. More than, more than likely, yes. Yeah. Uh, but he hadn't been working even prior to that. So. No, it's true. Uh, yeah. But, you know, listen, it's why guys like Bruce Bochy, just as an example, with three world championships up in San Francisco, you hear his name every year, like Bill Cowher's name you hear every year, right? Anytime there's Not a coaching anymore, vacancy. though, do well, you? Like, well, I don't oh, hear Bill Cowher. Use anymore. Gruden as an example, then. You know, for years, Gruden was the hot guy. Every time there was an opening. There was. You know, it was like, yes, Gruden, Gruden, Gruden was Gruden. that guy. Yes, yeah. you're right. And so Bochi's kind of like that. Yeah. Now, now do, do you realize when you when you started the sentence by saying, um, when I was coming up, like if if you would have heard someone twenty years ago use that phrase, how would you have? Uh, how, how, what would you have immediately thought? Well, I mean, I only used it because you've you've been able to today tell us about your twenty plus years of talking to baseball general managers and why you have this innate understanding of the analytics and and the logic and i'm telling you that i came up through a different school that's all and yeah. so i guess i would think i sounded as old as i sounded right but you would have been like yeah you would have thought it would have been get off my lawn guy you would be making fun of that <laughs> i'm guy. turning into that guy george i mean right before our eyes there's no question it's true I mean, sure. it's okay listen i love that I, I i love the passion which would you yelled that by the way <laughs> well, I'm turning into that guy. Like there is like some glee, but also some remorse at the well, same time. It's it, I, all of a sudden as you as you pointed that out, I realize I'm almost becoming Costanza's father. You know yeah. what I mean? I yeah. love being that you're, guy. Yeah, you're, Get right, off my you're lawn. Ben, ben Stiller's real dad, who played Costanza's father on the uh, on Seinfeld. That's you. You're getting there. Uh, I guess it, so. this is why your kids make fun of you the way they do. Yep. Tonight I'm going to eat with my three daughters, and I'm going to try and chew. As quietly can you chew as quietly? I possibly can. Yes. I'm going to try. Please, for the love of God. By the way, here's something I don't understand this loud chewing. I've been around you eating. I don't hear yeah. the loud chewing. I, no, I wasn't paying attention for it. But. Hey, you want to hear something really interesting, though, is that right now, 
Boston is destroying Houston in the ALCS. And frankly, yeah. I'm not really that into it, but yeah. I got because I'm I'm just I'm just in on the NLCS. But interestingly, yeah. and I think this I think Dodger fans will find this interesting. Isn't it crazy how a guy like Kike Hernandez can leave the Dodgers, go to yeah. the Red Sox, and be such an impact player, and then. Yeah. The Dodgers are seeing this one up close and personal. How about Jock Peterson last night? Yeah. The former Dodger who hit a two-run yeah. bomb to tie the game last night. Jocktober, man, is a real thing. Yeah. You it's see wild. Dale Murphy before the game, the former yeah. Atlantic Braves great, yeah. who comes out yeah. on the but field by the, way, the first you, you, pitch. You, you can't keep them all, by the way. You know what I mean? Like, no, you had to make room for certain guys. You know what I mean? These, like, but these guys coming from the Dodger franchise. But that's good. They, that's they've Andrew got, Friedman. But is really they've good got at his real job. playoff experience, right? They've yeah. been in these kinds of pressure situations, yeah. and so they've added to that clubhouse. They didn't necessarily come in as the number one star on the team, a contributing See? player, and look at how these guys perform in the postseason because yeah. for the last eight years, that's all the Dodgers have been doing. Yeah. Hey, we got Big Deal or No Deal coming up in a second. Uh, we're going to literally be gone for 90 seconds. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Thank you, Christopher. Speaking of big deals, as I was just telling you earlier, call the right attorney. That's a big deal. So if you're going to do that when you're injured in an accident, you got to call my friends at Sam and Ash Injury Law at 800-304-2000. That's 800-304-2000. Saúl Español. And you got to call them. You know why? Because you deserve what's right. What's right, Linz? Well, today... Our good friends at Apple released a new item. It is mm. a microfiber polishing cloth accessory <laughs> designed for cleaning the screens of Apple de- devices. Guess how much it cost? Uh, 15 bucks. $19. There you go. For a cloth, a piece of cloth. Wait a second. Wait a second. Just make sure I want to, I want to just make sure I hear what you're saying. A cloth that like you might get with a pair of sunglasses that you buy because exactly. it's different than a tissue. Yes. Apple's released a cloth to clean your iPad or your iPhone for 20 bucks. Yes, this is their description. Made with soft, non-abrasive material, the polishing cloth, that's capitalized, by the way, so they probably like trademarked it, the polishing cloth cleans any Apple display, including nanotexture glass, safely and effectively. The polishing cloth was added to the Apple Store alongside the new AirPods, new HomePod mini color options, and the high-end MacBook Pro models. Uh, The polishing cloth does not come with the new 14- and 16-inch MacBook Pro models, so if you want an Apple polishing cloth for these devices, you still need to buy one separately. Is Apple releasing a $20 polishing cloth a big deal or no deal, Sedano? Uh, It's a big deal because, look, I love Apple. I have a lot of their electronic products, but all that stuff, the cloth, the phone covers, that kind of stuff that you literally, that they cost like a dollar or less to make, they are making, you know, I don't know, a hundred times their investment on you. 
Uh, don't buy that nonsense. That's all I would say. Don't be that. <laughs> don't don't be that stupid. That that gullible. The apple cloth is not better than any other cloth out there. I don't know, George. Maybe it is. Maybe it's made from something that's just so incredibly soft that it'll make my computer screen actually visible. Because I don't know what the hell's all over it. But man, I'm telling you right now. I don't know what to clean my screen with. Can I use Windex in a paper towel? No. Or do I have to go buy a $20 no. Apple you go computer to the cloth? dollar store and buy a microfiber cloth. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I'll do that. That sounds good. Now, you, you guys think that this $20 Apple cloth is why the Apple stock went up today, $1.71? I don't know. I think yeah. it went up because they had their virtual, um, what do they call it? The, the event where they're releasing, like yeah, they do that. They yeah. just had that in the last couple of days, right? Yeah, yeah. They really they in, introduced their new AirPods and their HomePod, and their yeah, new and their MacBooks. new Apple Watch yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah. You know, you guys always talk about cryptocurrency and buy the dip. Apple was down to like 139 bucks, and I'm like, man, this is such a great buy. And in just a couple of days, it's already back up to like almost 147. It's just one of those stocks that if you love the products. You forget about the stock price. You just buy it, and you just hold it, and you forget about it because it's just that kind of company. That's just my opinion. Yeah, I got it back in uh, March of 2020. So I'm Would you pay is, for is it your per blue, share? your blue chip advice? I think it was like 65 Oh, wow. Good for yeah. you. Yeah. Well, that's that was the dip of all dips. That this was the pandemic dip. This is not financial dip. advice. Dip, 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 dip. This is not, not financial, financial advice. advice. Although no. Kaplan thinks – I feel like Kaplan thinks if you give him the right prep, he can go on there and be Jim Cramer on CNBC. Well – I can say this. I don't know a whole lot about the stock market. <laughs> but you're going to about to tell us how you Wait, could pull it off. So but yeah, if, but if, mean... if, if, my, if my people prepared me, <laughs> I'd just go on there like Jim Cramer. I'd be like, hey, listen, Apple's at 143. I've got it as a strong buy. And according to UBS, their analyst, they say it's a strong buy. So I'm in on Apple. That's why I did do the same thing Cramer does. Wait, Cap, how many millions have you made off the stock market thus far? Um, I don't know, 30, 40, 50? Oh, I'd well, say. I would take advice from you. Yeah. Then. Okay. Dollars. Right. Oh, you meant millions. Sorry, mm -hmm. might be. Oh, okay. Never mind. Next <sighs> one. So it turns out that unhealthy snacks and fast food could be destroying your memory. Scientists say that highly processed foods, potato chips, and deli meats containing preservatives are linked with abrupt memory loss in older brains. Researchers warn that amygdala, the part of the brain that regulates fear, is also affected by these foods. So a bad diet could mean dangerous decisions. Is junk food destroying your memory when you're older a big deal or no deal, Cap? I'm going to have to say it's a big deal. Because you're saying that junk food when you're older, am I to assume that this is an accumulation of junk food? Because A, I'm getting older, and B, my diet's just terrible. I mean, it really is. It's horrible. You know, even if I, even if I eat twice a day and I don't even have my first meal till 1 o'clock in the afternoon, my diet's just terrible, man. Yesterday I had these, I don't know, these chicken finger thingies just all in Buffalo sauce and ranch dressing. And then I had so much pizza till I was sickly full later in the night. And I was drinking beer all day. I'm like a real animal. So I'm worried. I'm getting older and my diet sucks. So I'm going to say big deal. Sounds like it. Yeah, it is a big deal. I don't think there's any question. Um, and yeah, you have to. This is why they tell you to eat, um, you know, nuts, right? Almonds, cashews, whatever, you know, eat. Uh, 
uh, less refined carbs, you know, like rice and potatoes and fried food. All those things are not good for you for a reason. You know what I'm saying? And there are certain reasons that those other things are, like, you know, certain fruits and berries and things like that. If you're going to get sugars, get them naturally. Don't get them processed. Uh, yeah, of course, all that stuff's going to have an effect on you. They're, you're putting chemicals in your body. You know, like when you read, go read the back of a, of a packet of anything you buy. Um, that's pro- super processed. It's going to have stuff in there that you're going to be like, what? What does that even mean? <laughs> like, I don't even know what that is. Um, but yet, the, you know, we have people in this world who aren't willing to do other things and uh, when it comes to their body, but I, you know, or, or restrict others from doing things to their body uh, that, uh, you know, is mind-boggling to me. Nonetheless, um, yeah, yeah, don't eat that bad because if you eat that bad, then if you think your memory's bad now, Cap, <laughs> good luck. I think I'm going to have a salad tonight. I think I'm going to need some greens. You've been scared into having a salad? That's you know, just right, what happened? Right. I'm, I'm scared straight food-wise. How Plus, long I'm, does that last? One night? You know what it is, George? I really just need to find a goal. That's just what it is. I need a goal. I'll give you an example. Yeah. On Facebook today, mm-hmm. no, you're not on it, but it popped up on my Facebook. One year ago today, Yeah. I, I did an Ironman. Wow. One year ago. Really? Now, now this Ironman... Was called was it an, one year ago? Uh, yeah, one year ago. It was now that not the Ironman, not the World Championship. This is an Ironman that was called an off the couch Ironman. Okay. So me and a bunch of my friends decided no training at all. Yeah. We're just going to wake up on a Saturday and, and we're going to do an Ironman distance. So yeah. what we did was we we swam a mile, we rode 135 miles, and then we ran six miles so we could get to the 142 point whatever point six, um, and we just did it. We just, we just got up off the couch, and we just mm-hmm. went and did it. And the bike ride hurt really, really, really bad. Yeah. But I knew it was coming, so I watched my diet a lot better. I need a goal. See, see what I'm saying? I need a goal. Yeah. Okay. Well, can we get you a goal? Yeah, I need a goal. I need a goal to watch my weight. Okay, but what can we do here? I don't know. I need something, man. I have I need, to think I, of one. I'm gonna, I, think what, I think what I'm probably going to do next is a half marathon. It's not a full marathon. It's not going to kill me. It's just a half marathon. Why don't you start I... with like a 5K, bro? No, I don't need a 5K. I mean, this is what happens to you, though. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yep, overdoing like, it. Like, we, we just, <laughs> Lindsay and Laura are laughing, I'm sure, in the studio. We, you couldn't do f- 50 push-ups the other day. Like, what True. are you talking True. about? I also or couldn't kick, kick a 40-yard field goal. That's right, Laura. Thank you. Right. Yes. You know that so, saying? Like, that the you're... day of the push-ups, I said to you, Cap, just say, just say 40. You can probably pull off 40. And you're like, no, no, 50, bro, 50. And now you're, see, I love how you're like, not a whole marathon, not 26.2. No, no just too right? much. It's but just we'll much. do the 13.1. No I'll be able to knock that out easily. No problem. No problem. And, and you couldn't do 50 push-ups. <laughs> what the hell's wrong with you? Well, I mean, listen, I, I don't think I'd go out for a half marathon completely untrained. I, I definitely would want to train because I'd want to watch my diet. I'd want right. to lose some weight. So I train for it. So once I train for it, then it's no problem. You knock it right out. You know? Okay. I mean, okay. how far in advance? Because I, I trained for a half marathon once, and mm-hmm. I ended up, like, walking the final mm, mile. No, I'd say if I, I picked a marathon. I trained for six if months. I, if I picked a half marathon in, like, late January, early February, Ugh. then I could start training. And then, I, then I'd be committed to something, and then I'd have discipline, you know? I think that's a tall order to fill. Nah. Okay. Dude, I'm just telling you, like, if you want to run a half marathon, try a 5K first. Yeah, that could be part of your training halfway right. through. 
Yeah, I'm not saying go do a half marathon cold without any okay. warming up and without any right. training. I'm just saying I we're, need we're just, a goal. We're trying to look out for you and your body and your hamstrings and your quads and your calves and your ankles and knees, all that stuff. Well, I appreciate that because I need it. You know? So, okay. On to the next one. One more. So parents who are allowing their children to watch Squid Game may be fostering bullies as they get older, according to a U.K. parenting expert. A social psychologist said that the violent series could impede young kids' social and emotional development, encouraging them to turn a blind eye or even join in when others are under attack. Members of the U.K. parenting forum Mumsnet, was called Mumsnet, which I think is hilarious because they say mum over there. It's like a mums group. Mums. The mums have called other parents, quote, scummy for letting their children watch Squid Game. Is the fact that some parents are even letting their young kids watch Squid Game in the first place a big deal or no deal, Cap? I think it's a big deal. I got to tell you guys, I'm only four episodes into Squid Game, and I would hate for my children, who even are young adults, to watch this. And what's interesting is um, a couple nights ago, I went to my girlfriend's house. She happened to be out with one of her girlfriends. So I went to her place, and I, I go to watch an episode of Squid Game. I turn it on on Netflix, and I can see that her kids, who are 17 and 13, somebody's watching it because it's not her. So somebody, one of her two kids presumably, are watching Squid Game on her Netflix account. And I'm like, ooh, this isn't good. I don't need a 13- or a 17-year-old kid watching this show. I mean, I don't mean to be such a prude about it, but it's pretty gnarly and violent, and I don't really want kids, teenagers, watching this stuff. It's pretty bad. I don't know. What, George, are you watching this? I mean, I am, but I, no, I get your point. I would agree. I think that, you know, I, I think it's hard for an adult to watch, I, I would say, because it's so just ruthless in its violence. Uh, but I, that's what's attracted people to it, you know? Like, like, that's just the reality of it. Well, I think it's a big deal. Oh, no, it's definitely a big deal. But, you know, you got to parent your kids, man. That's, that, you know, and, and everyone's got a different style. And I, look, I, I grew up watching all sorts of violence and stuff and curse words. And, you know, I mean, I curse a lot, but I'm not like violent. <laughs> you, you turned know out all right, so, right? <laughs> I mean, I got that part, but the other part didn't stick. So there you go. You know what how I mean? Many people, like, how many people say to you, how do you possibly do it? where you curse so much off air and you never curse on air? Because I get that all the time, all the effing time. Yeah, I get it asked all the time, too, but you know, just discipline, you know? Yeah. That's it. Just, I don't know what it is. Look at you, here. Cap. You are disciplined. Go run that half marathon. Do it. I could definitely do it. Yeah. All right. That is Big Deal No Deal each and every day at 630. Uh, coming up next, uh, I, let's take a look at, you know, we should do a little Lakers, don't yeah, I mean, we? Yeah, we should. Got, they're, they're on tomorrow, right? Yeah. Like. Yeah, we should do a little Lakers. Let's do a little Lakers because, um, shocker, <laughs> there are people who believe the Lakers season isn't going to be as good as you and I expect it to be. We'll tell you who in just a moment. Stick around. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. And that is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. 
I actually think it's been a fun show. Oh, it's been a blast today. It really has, and I needed it desperately because let me tell you something, man. Anybody who's got a house that's ever had to deal with what I'm going through right now with a massive leak and floors buckling. George, in my kitchen, I have these um, wooden uh, like chopping blocks that are on the countertops. They cracked, like completely cracked, and I'm like, what the hell's going on in the house? And it wasn't until yesterday that I found this leak under the house. And today, plumbers and contractors and restoration people. So all the back and forth about the Dodgers and Urias and the philosophy and our disagreement. It's been a great day. I've had a blast. Yeah, I have as well. And uh, Laura, crank that song up a little bit. There we go. I just want to. It's great. It's a great song. (laughs) Pretty good. We hit that note. Pretty good. Yeah. Not really, but I mean, we try. I mean, uh, this segment, by the way, powered. This segment, by the way, is powered by Alignment Health Plan. Alignment, changing healthcare one person at a time. Visit alignmenthealthplan.com for coverage details. Um, it is National Cupcake Chocolate Cupcake Day. Ooh, who here likes a good chocolate cupcake? Oh, I mean, the man, chocolate cake, nice and Not moist I. and soft. That's my really? most favorite Laura, dessert of all time. You don't like it at like at, for? Is there a specific reason? I do, I'm not a big like cupcake Sweets cake person. person. Yes, yeah. Because, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That's right. Um, and yet, Lindsay, God, your favorite, huh? Chocolate. Yeah, I would eat a chocolate chocolate cupcake from Susie Cakes every day for the rest of my life if I could. Yeah, so that has to be Susie Cakes because that's the best. I, I I can have cupcakes though that are chocolate, vanilla, whatever. But like, I love a cupcake because I feel like I'm being better than eating a slice of cake. Ooh. Cupcake makes you feel better than a slice of cake. Yeah, I understand that. Like when cupcake. I eat pizza, I like to cut Dots. the pizza in half so that I have it like double cut. Even though I'm eating more, it's just it feels like it's less. So I'm right. with you. Yeah. But, I mean, a cupcake is usually less than an actual slice of cake, though. <laughs> Whereas the pizza, you're still consuming the same amount. I don't know, man. <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> What's wrong with you? I don't know. Anyway, um, real quick, Lakers start tomorrow. We haven't even touched on it. I, You know, we didn't get to the Rams and Jared Goff. Maybe we'll do that tomorrow with the Lakers as well because we never got to that stuff. He's coming to town, but we got a couple of days to discuss that. Um, but, so, do you have the audio? So, Brian Windhorst, our pal, was on the Ryan Rosillo podcast on The Ringer. And they were talking about the Lakers. And Brian had done some reporting on how some of the executives he's spoken to are disappointed in the Lakers roster construction. Tell me if you've heard this one before. I have. Um, go ahead, play it. I have a policy that I've personally enacted that I'm not going to judge them until Christmas um, because I think that they're going to look bad early on. But when I talk to scouts who are out there watching them, I mean, a Laker fan is going to say, well, we haven't played our guys together. Okay. Um, I got it. But uh, I'm, I'm, I'm talking to the scouts and they're like, this looks terrible. Their roster doesn't fit. You know, it's not, I don't think it's going to work. And I've got people out there going, I'm, I'm worried for Frank. I'm worried for Frank Vogel that they're going to blame him for this. Um, I mean, look, that is the big criticism, Cap, that the roster doesn't fit. That Russell Westbrook particularly is a weird cog in the uh, puzzle and that he doesn't have a, a fit. Uh, look, they've got tons of shooting. Um, they don't have a wing player. We talked about it when Horton Tucker went down and Ariza went down. That concerns me a little bit, having that extra wing who can defend and do some stuff, particularly Horton Tucker off the dribble. Um, but, 
Yeah, I, I mean, I need to see. I'm with Brian, though. I don't make any decisions until after 20-plus games or so. Well, I think that was an interesting point that we were talking about last week, which is, you know, here they are 0 for 6 in the preseason. And LeBron, I think, only played in games 5 and 6. And he played a pretty nice game in six. You know, he scored a bunch of points against Sacramento. No big deal. But you were saying, and I I tend to agree with you, you know, it's going to take the first 20 games of the season to watch this thing come together. The first 20 games are not about necessarily going 20-0. and It's about putting people on the court, different combinations, learning communication, et cetera, et cetera. So we're not going to really know. But I actually like the fact that there's a lot of doubters because I know we a lot of times get caught up in the hype. And I don't mean just you and me. I mean, like, locally, people get caught up in the hype. I like the outsider perspective saying, I don't think this thing's going to work. And then I'm hoping that LeBron will use that as more motivation and go, oh, you don't think so? You think we're too old? You think we're not a good roster the way we're put together? Now we're going to show you. So you know what? However you find motivation, go do it. But I want to see the Lakers come back this year and win a championship. But I like yeah. that there's doubters. I agree. I always feel like that makes it uh, a little more entertaining. I don't think there's any question. And people are entitled to their opinion. Um, and, and look, that Brooklyn team is a bit of a juggernaut, even without Kyrie. Even with just two of those guys, they're really awesome. <laughs> so I, I, I think that, you know, I, I don't know if the West will be a big problem as long as the Lakers are healthy. Because I still think eventually they get past everyone there. I mean, Denver could be eventually a problem down the road. And I mean that maybe not this year because Jamal Murray's coming off an injury and he won't be ready probably till March, probably. So, um, but I think that team is dangerous in the future. I don't think there's any question. Um, and the, what I mean the future, like as in next year, like they can be a title, a real title contender. Um, for, for me, the whole season, though, George, like, like the number one thing for me about this Lakers season, which obviously tips off tomorrow. And by the way, yeah. If you've got an opportunity for a doubleheader tomorrow to go to the Dodgers-Braves game and then go over to the Laker game, yeah. man, are you lucky because um, yeah. that's an awesome day of sports. My biggest number one key going into this season is mm -hmm. Anthony Davis's availability. Yeah. Not necessarily a question mark going into the season, but the season will go on. Can Anthony Davis play more than 50 games this year for the Lakers? If the answer is yes then I think the Lakers are going to be great. If right. the answer is no, then I think that they're going to have similar problems to what they had last year. Now, they would say no. That's why we went out and got all these veteran guys. But to me, I still think Anthony Davis playing and being available, you know, 70 games this year, that to me is a big difference maker. What do yeah, you think about that? The, I agree 100%. The biggest ability is availability. All right, we're done here, right, Laura? All right. Excellent work, Kaplan. Great job, Lindsay and Laura. We will talk to you mañana. Uh, actually, no, we won't talk to you mañana because we have the Dodgers and Lakers on. So enjoy those even if you don't go. Listen to them here on the radio. And we will talk to you Wednesday at 3.55. See you.